Whether you're just looking to stay warm during a hunt or need maximum concealment, the clothing you wear can make or break a hunt. At MidwayUSA.com, we understand hunting clothing has come a long way with more meticulously crafted camo patterns, advanced scent control technologies, and weatherproof options to withstand the elements. Hunters have to wait until their favorite season, but shouldn't wait on gear, which is why MidwayUSA offers super-fast shipping. When you're ready for your next system, log on to MidwayUSA.com. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. from the Low Budget Live Barn Grill here in beautiful southern middle Tennessee. And this is the podcast for Monday, October 16th, 2023. We're already halfway through this old month of October. The weather is changing here in Tennessee. From what I can tell, the five minutes that I've been here in the last few weeks. But uh, hope you all, you lowlifers are doing well out there and if you're wondering why i'm insulting you by calling you a lowlifer if this is your first time tuning into this show well that's what the listeners refer to themselves as the lowlifers it's a term of endearment around these parts and uh, we welcome one and all so here we go here we go as i said i have not been home i have uh i told you a couple weeks ago man i was coming in from mpfl record a solo episode and out again to tampa i told you last week that i went and saw some mud wrestling while i was in tampa <laughs> working Told you to avoid that in Ebor City. That was my advice to you. Well, this week, this week I can tell you that uh, going NPFL in Wisconsin to Tampa, Florida, home for just a little bit, and then to Las Vegas for like a 36-hour turnaround crazy whirlwind trip and back home again, and then I got to go to Arkansas this week, that I am tired. That's my advice, ladies and gentlemen, is that when you go hard in the paint and you're 40 and you're out of shape it just sometimes it just sucks you know and some people are like man vegas and i've been i'm i'm fortunate right i'm not complaining i've been many times but i'm like yeah vegas i'm in and out i'm ready to i'm ready to get out of uh, las vegas the second my damn feet hit the ground out there in nevada most of the time 
cool city. It's fun. But, man, I've been so many times for work. It's just kind of lost its luster a long time ago. And and it's deer season. And the fish are biting in Tennessee. I want to be here. I want to be here right now. So, whirlwind. I got a couple more trips to go before uh, the year kind of closes out here. And trying to finish strong, as they say. Trying to, uh, man, by, by this time every year, I'm like, come on. We got one more MPFL coming up on Lake Lanier I got to travel for. Like I said, I got to go to Arkansas for a couple days this week for some TH Marine business. And I got to go visit those folks at Express Boats. And uh, take the the current X twenty one out there for a little refurb on a couple things, and and then uh, yeah, see the good people at Express. But I'm tired. I'm tired. Told you last week as well. Hudson Lee Duncan is officially where's that pause button? He's officially sixteen. He's driving in and out of the driveway. It makes me sad. It also makes me uh, feel really old. But it makes me. He, he's a good kid. He's a good kid. So all is well there but uh, again happy birthday again to hudson we got to go to a to a john mayer concert we both love john mayer we uh we actually took my dad as well to that and uh on last wednesday night solo acoustic show very cool ballsy i might say too to sell out an arena and play just with you and your guitar it was kind of crazy but it was uh, it was really good and then i had to fly out my dad took hudson back home and i had to spend the night close to the airport because i had like a 5 a.m flight to vegas like i said but running on fumes but it's all good it's all good i am uh, blessed beyond belief all right let's get into the sponsors real quick and then we are going to talk about a lot of things and we have a great guest today that uh, i'm looking forward to talking with star trot kicking ethanol in the teeth we've said it for many years now but ethanol will gum up the works in your outboard engine or in your weeded or in your chainsaw and your side by side but this time of year you're parking the boat a little longer than you should sometimes. Maybe your water is is going to get a little hard here pretty quick, and you got to store that boat. If you're going to store it for longer than a couple of weeks and it's got gas in it, you better drop you some Startron in there to make sure ethanol does not gum up the works next time you go to start that bad boy. You want it to run. Startron, it's available in so many, so many locations. Check it out. Startron, kicking ethanol in the teeth. Pro Guide Batteries, ProGuideBatteries.com, LBL10 is the code there to save you money at ProGuideBatteries.com on some of the best lithium batteries in the game. I talk about it week in and week out. They are a partner of mine for quite a while now. I love their AGM batteries for a crank battery or even a trailer motor battery. Maybe if you don't want to go in on the lithium game, I promise you, you can't kill them. You cannot run those bad boys down. But the new lithium line is absolutely fantastic. I, I, they're bulletproof for me. I have uh, absolutely had nothing but great success with those. And uh, with my power pole charge, I get uh, a lot of people make the videos like, well, I get a lot of questions. I actually do get a lot of questions. <laughs> I don't just say that to uh, to say that. But people ask you your setup, and I'm running uh, lithium, tr- you know, the Pro Guide lithium trailer motor batteries. I actually am running AGM cranking still. I do have uh, one of their lithium cranking batteries I played with this year, but I've got the AGM cranking battery in there, and I'm running a power pole charge charger, and I've had zero issues for the last couple of years with that setup, and I absolutely love it. So ProGuyBatteries.com, BaitWorks.com, Bait-WRX.com. That's where you can find the one and only place that you can find the LOB Power Finesse Jig. Look at that right there. Finer than frog hair skirt material, 3 alt custom trocar hook and it's got the lbl logo on the dang package that's 
It may not be cool for anybody else, but it's really cool for me. But most importantly, that jig is an absolute fish catcher. And as things get kind of tough in this fall transition, a lot of, a lot of parts of the country, I promise you, promise you, you tie that bad boy on like some 15, 17, 20 pound fluoro, get in some brush piles, skip some docks, some lay downs, bluff banks, whatever, channel swings, it gets a lot of bites, the LOB jig, but don't just sleep don't sleep on it and don't sleep on all the other tackle that they have at bait-works.com. Duncan-10, D-U-N-K-I-N-10 is where you're going to let them know you are a low lifer. And last but not least, hang that imaginary banner. Like I said, like I said, I'll be heading out to the glorious headquarters of Express Boats, Hot Springs, Arkansas. The original all-welded aluminum bass boat, 96 inch beam 21 feet of fury in that 21 le i'm running right now c deck bow to stern that 250 yamaha show pushing that thing at a blistering hole shot great top end tons of storage i say it week in and week out if you listen if you actually listen to that reads and you don't complain about them like some people do i'm telling you the boat is a real deal i absolutely love it i can get super skinny i can fish offshore in rough water it does not matter that boat it, it's the perfect fit for me and I promise you, if you go take a ride in one, you will be completely blown away. Express Boats, building excitement since 1966. The official boat. Blow budget live on the traveling circus. Let me get a drink. I got my breast cancer awareness cup. I actually didn't realize that, that you know, it is pink. I drink out of this a lot. Uh, but it's breast cancer awareness. You know, I lost, uh, it's been four years. It's been four years since I lost my mom to breast cancer. So uh, I say, uh, you know, cancer all the way around. And uh, it's, I do, it it is, it's appreciated to see people, you know, representing Gerald Swindle selling some apparel right now that goes to uh, support breast cancer. You know, he and I did the beard war a few years ago back in whenever. Oh goodness. It's been a few years, uh, since we did that to raise money, we raised over $25,000 for breast cancer. So it's something near and dear to my heart. So, uh, I know so many of y'all have been affected by it. I've seen the comments, but, uh, yeah, there we go. Have a drink, have a drink for, for Teresa, for mom. This crazy month we're coming up. It's uh, actually this week, as you listen to this will be four years, almost on the nose since we lost her. So, uh, not a day goes by. We don't think about her. That is for sure. Uh, speaking of something, Raising money for something awesome, I got to give a quick shout out. Uh, my bu- my boy, my boy Blue, Fat Cat Newton, uh, he reached out to me, and and I know if you follow him, and a lot of you do, he's made a lot of posts. You know, he he's a childhood cancer survivor. It, it put his family through a tremendous amount of stress. It's something that uh, really affected him in so many ways. And St. Jude's over in Memphis, Tennessee, Awesome organization. I don't think anybody ever questions that. But there's a bass tournament up in uh, in Wabashaw, Minnesota. Fat Cat's been heavily involved in for the last couple of years. I know. Uh, I think Matt Panger Pangrak from Bass Talk Live actually competes in this event as well. A lot of uh, a lot of people do. Seventy eight teams this year raised over a million dollars in that event for St. Jude's. And so again, here we go. Hit them with that. It's incredible. Absolutely incredible. St. Jude's, just what a absolutely amazing organization uh, that changes changes people's lives, man, when they get 
impacted by something they never see coming. And uh, so hats off to Fat Cat for being involved with that and everybody that, that donated their time, energy, and effort to raise that kind of money that is for sure going to go to help some some kid and their family. One million bucks. So awesome, awesome news there. Uh, well, it, it finally, finally happened. It finally happened. This Bassmaster Open season that I feel like has been so long – and y'all know me, last fall it was the working man was very upset about having to fish all nine tournaments. And, and I and and look, I I get it. I do get it. It's been a gauntlet. These nine events, taking the top nine, having to fish all over the country. And I see both sides of it. I see the 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 folks that are super happy they qualified. I see the folks that won events that are going to the classic. I see the smiles, I see the uh, the fist pumping and the posts and all that, but I also know that there are a lot of people, and I do mean a lot, that are on the other side of that. And uh, so it's it's bittersweet. I said that about the Elite Series winding down this year. You had folks that were pumped about making the Classic, and you have folks that were pumped about requalifying for the Elite Series via the Elite Series, and then you had people that their professional fishing dreams were getting cut right there on the spot at the St. Lawrence River. And the opens are that way, and then some, I feel like, because close doesn't matter. Uh, if you're the first guy out, nobody cares. You can ask my buddy Sam George that. <laughs> Little Sammy has been has been close many times and had another shot this time and had a rough event down at the Harris Chain. But I don't think enough – I really don't think enough weight can be put on how hard it is to qualify this way. Uh, I, I think I said last fall, and you can go look it up, but I'm pretty sure I said, I think it'll be easier to qualify with all nine. Man, I don't know. Dudes are going to catch them, and it's the same guys every single time. There were fluctuations after every event. You had moving and shaking, of course, but but there were some guys. You, you've got JT Tompkins. Congrats to JT. JT's a, a fine young man. I know his dad, Timmy, very well. We fished the FLW Tour together as co-anglers and then as pros against each other, and and uh, JT has absolutely put in the damn work, to say the very least. He lives in his bass boat, basically, all over the country. And JT won the points and and had, I think it was like six or seven top 25, something insane. And if you've never fished the Opens, and, and it's hard to wrap your mind around that. But, man, if you look through the field, Murderer's Row, you look at guys trying to requalify, like a Bobby Lane, like an Ish Monroe that didn't end up getting in, that have been to the dance. They've been to the Classic multiple times. Red Crest champion Bobby Lane, Elite Series champion Ish and Bobby. They've, they've been to the Classic. They've done the damn deal. And if that's not a testament to how hard it is to make it, that neither one of those guys were able to pull it off in nine events, it's not a shoe-in. It's, it's very, very scary I call it bass fishing purgatory in a in a joking way, kind of, but but it can become that. We've seen a lot of people get sucked up in those opens, but you had so many guys from the former FLW Tour Pro Circuit mix it up in these opens this year. The talent exponentially went through the roof. You had all the young guns coming out of nowhere. You had a guy like Ben Milliken who, listen, I, I, I've said it at the beginning of this year when he won – at Toledo Bend, he finishes second or third, uh, I believe third, down there in Florida. He went through some drama on the last day, and he made it, man. 
And there were times he was way out of the cut this year. He he fell out. He had some rough events. It was not a cakewalk. I mean, I think a lot of people expected him to kind of walk in, but he he damn sure had to earn it. He def, he definitely did. And uh, Ben and I, again, I've said it multiple times, we have butted heads. We have been friends in life, and we've butted heads. Uh, and and that's I think that's fair to say. Ben would probably say the same thing. And uh, while I don't see eye to eye with him on everything all the time, I can say that what he did is an absolute unbelievable feat for what he represents, right? In that YouTube world, uh, and I said on this show that YouTubers would never be pros and pros would never be YouTubers. And I, I ate my words when he won Toledo Ben, and I'm the guy that will eat crow right here and tell you I was wrong. Uh, the guy absolutely kicked ass, and he made it to the Elite Series, and congrats to him because – you put your ego in check when you go out there. We've seen other YouTubers try this and get their teeth kicked in. He did not. He did not. And, uh, you know, uh, it's going to be – it's he's it, it's a different cat, man. He's a different cat. He's out there fishing in a damn Kobe Bryant jersey on the final day. And it's like it's going to be really crazy to see him mix it up with the Polonix and the Swindles and things next year. But uh, – it's going to bring a lot more eyeballs into the sport uh, of tournament fishing, in my opinion, next year. And I know bass, they're all high-fiving each other <laughs> in the back because he has a huge viewership. You can see it in the comments every time they make a post about him. So uh, I don't think it should be taken lightly what he did to get there, really. I mean, it's uh, – look, and, and I know I know he has a lot of folks that don't like him out there too. Uh, and I've been one of those guys at times. But I'm just saying, it's uh, holy crap. And, and to all these guys, look, uh, John Garrett, he has been so close many times. He fished the, the Classic through college. John is a fantastic angler. He's seasoned. He's ready. And I think that's something you can say about all nine of these, these guys, what they've gone through. They are ready to be there and mix it up. And I think that having these consistent finishes over nine events shows that going to be a smaller field it opens up the lakes i do think these guys will come in and make noise next year having made it the way they did john garrett you got little trey mckinney trey is like barely old enough to drive or something i've known trey since he was a he was a young he's still young but a young buck uh i've seen him at shows met him through th marine they sponsor him there and uh trey is obviously phenomenal with the rod and reel he's had a ton of his success in the bfls and things he's a young kid with a great family support system, finishes third, third. And I know people like to throw around, well, I don't know how they do it, and these young kids, live scope, blah, 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 blah. The keyboard warrior kind of crap that you do see. <laughs> Listen, dude, you finished third out of that group. You freaking earned it. So Trey McKinney, unbelievable year. Robert Gee, I believe Robert is a, I don't know Robert that well. He's at uh, University of Tennessee, go big orange. Uh, but fourth place can't take that. I mean, incredible. Wesley Gore has kicked my teeth in multiple times in the Alabama Bash Trail. <laughs> Wesley Gore is a fantastic angler and uh, finishes in the top five. Tyler Williams with a big win there at Watts Bar. Tyler, I'd love to have Tyler on the show. Going to try to do that at some point later uh, this fall. Super intriguing guy to me. It's just a main angler making it incredible, man. Can't be taken lightly. Logan Parks. We already know the dude can fish. Obviously, Logan winning the million dollars there in the Bass Pro uh, one and done uh, Bass Pro million dollar tournament that never happened again. But he he certainly he's he's a dude that's put in a lot of work in the last few years. Successful at the college level, makes it through the opens. Dude, not easy again. Ben Milliken did my bit on Ben there. 
absolutely phenomenal, huge storyline. And I, I mean, arguably one of the biggest storylines in pro fishing history in a very, very, very long time. Uh, right there and then kyle patrick rounding it out i met kyle a couple years ago don't know kyle well but uh met kyle down at smith lake for bassmaster open kyle winning there lake of the ozarks another guy definitely puts in his work he was pretty close to making it last year sniffed around all around it got it done this year there in the final event so congrats to him but bobby lane one of those guys that left ppt just missing out on making it but uh Man, listen, I think if you see these people in public, you better congratulate them. Drop them a message on on social media. Drop them a comment. This is so unbelievably hard to do. Like, it just is. It, it's it's mind-blowing, the consistency over nine events. And look at the schedule and where they went. This is definitely – I think this is the craziest incoming rookie class. I said that last year, but I really – this year, man, these guys, whew, they've earned it, and they've been after it for a while. So – congrats to the elite series qualifiers and it'll be it'll be interesting to see how many folks sign up next year for the opens i'm sure it'll be nuts again but i think as far as all nine because there were a lot of people it's tough to win money they don't pay a lot of spots you know 40 places out of out of over 200 at each event you really got to earn it obviously and and rightfully so but uh a lot of people spent a lot of money this year chasing that thing all over the country without a lot to show for it and it's going to be uh I'll be interested to see what that overall number is next year. You know, it probably won't be off much, but with the economy the way it is and, and you know, people kind of getting a wake-up call, right? Um, it'd be, be very interesting, but they got a good schedule next year, and uh, there'll be a whole new crop of them trying to get in to that Bassmaster Elite Series. And wowza, what a list. All right, I'm going to take me a drink. This The kids call it spilling the tea. Get my pinky up on the pink cup. All right. I don't like rumors on this show. I've never been a rumor guy. If I tell you something, I tell my kids this all the time. If I tell you it's going to be raining, you better get your damn umbrella when you walk outside, right? If I tell you something. If I'm wrong, I'll come back and tell you that, and you know that as well. All years doing this. Uh, On an airplane coming back from Vegas, my phone started blowing up text had that wi-fi on that southwest phone starts going crazy and uh there there's a there's a lot of buzz right now and you're listening to this on a monday that apparently on wednesday of this week and that's the date everybody's throwing around that's what i'm getting from a lot of people and a lot of people within this organization there's major changes and major fallout major shakeup. uh coming from MLF this week. And and this is employees I've heard this from. This is anglers I've heard this from. Uh, I won't go into crazy detail about what I'm hearing, just just in case, because you never know. But I'm hearing a lot of lost jobs. I'm hearing a major shakeup even on, you know, on-air talent. I'm hearing uh, organizationally. I'm hearing... Just one person told me, just get ready. It's going to be a lot of changes. Uh, another quote that I got was, it's unraveling. Now, I hope that's not the case. I don't know what any of this means. I know that uh, I know that I heard some things last year about some of the things that could be happening, but something's going on. 
where there's smoke, there's fire. And, and some of the, some of the people that I'm near and dear to reached out to me because people are needing jobs, uh, asking if I, I knew where they could end up in life. And I hate that, you know, I, I've, I've experienced that in, in my own, uh, real job multiple times. And it sucks to hear that kind of stuff. You know, the economy is tightening up. I don't know what's going on, but I'm hearing a lot of changes. And I don't know if that's job cuts. I don't know. I've, I've heard, I've heard a lot of things that I won't say on here for fear of their just kind of rumor mill stuff about more tournament changes and things like that. I will say this from what some of the anglers are hearing that I'm friends with, they're not happy. You know, another year, more changes. I don't know. Um, I hope for the people that I care about within that organization, and I've checked on them. I've checked on them, and I and they're good for now. The ones that I've talked with, uh, that I've checked on, that I'm, I'm near and dear, or near and dear to my heart. And so, here we go. Where's it? Do I have a drum? I don't have a drum roll. Look at this. This is dramatic. But it's uh. There you go. There you go. I'm sure that'll be everywhere this week, but uh, maybe unless something changes, but that's what I'm hearing. That's what I'm hearing. And I, it's uh, like I said, from unraveling to lots of changes to a lot of people losing their jobs. I'm hearing that kind of thing. I've heard more than a dozen people. Yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know what the hell is going on, but I'm hearing big shakeup talk and, you know, we report the bass fishing news here. And uh, so, <laughs> hell, next week's episode, we might have a lot to talk about. Have another drink. All right. We're going to get into this. I've got this uh, this uh, this young man. is uh, He has a very intriguing story in recent months. And he is, uh, I think a lot of people were pulling for him in the college bracket event. And he was able to win that. And he was able to punch his ticket to the Bassmaster Classic. But what he was able to do before that was overcome really just something I can't even fathom. And that's a crazy health scare just months ago. And so we're going to talk to this young man. I, I The second I, I wanted to have him on, because I've never, I don't give enough uh, love to the to the college anglers, in my opinion, on this show and other people's opinion, but I don't. And this young man absolutely earned his trip to the Bassmaster Classic just by showing up, to be honest. But then to be able to put in the work and win that bracket tournament, which is super stressful. You got a camera in the boat, the whole nine, great competition. But we're going to get him on the phone right now. He's actually driving back from an event. We've been trying to get this thing scheduled, and uh, he's he is headed back. But ladies and gentlemen, Easton Fothergill. We're going to talk to him right now. Hello? Easton, this is Luke Duncan, and welcome to Low Budget Live. Hey, how's it going? It's going pretty good, man. The not so live variety. We're not. There's not thousands of people listening right now, but they will be on Monday. Uh, and man, so I, I just I, in my intro, bringing you on here, I said uh, 
we we've been trying to get this scheduled for the last couple of days and you're like I, I i can't do it then because i got a two-day tournament you are a you this is what gets me with you college guys and this is and this was me and this was me this is why i love it so much because they didn't have college events when my old butt was was at the university of north alabama <laughs> but i fished as many tournaments as i could get in and people look at me kind of funny because i'd i'd drive the freaking south carolina and fish some kind of crazy bfl regional or something then i'd haul my butt back to uh, be in class on monday and that's what you text me you said well i'll be driving tomorrow evening can we talk then i'll be headed back to class but where have you been fishing an event this weekend i gotta know yeah we're driving back from lake dardanelle right now okay i saw so. saw that was going on how did that end up for you guys uh i would say semi-decent we ended up like 40th or something out of you know whatever it was 200 something boats so it wasn't good wasn't bad do, do you walk around those events like what's up guys i'm going to the classic <laughs> because i <would>. no. <laughs> no, i guess that's not really that's not really who i am i guess but well listen listen there's time for that i can train you we can we can get you there man we can get you there <laughs> I, uh no i love i love the humble man and and you know i'll be honest with you i don't uh I don't know a ton. Uh, just kind of doing some some prep for the for the interview here with you, and I, I was talking with my boy Ronnie Moore about you. And first things first, I've got to say, how does a Minnesota boy, Grand Rapids, Minnesota, end up on the, at the Coosa River University, basically? <laughs> uh montevallo down there with all these rednecks i know stephen brown and sons down there freaking i mean oh yeah i, I mean, live with them I'll, you I'll, I'll listen my apologies right now because bo is a problem in life all right i'm just kidding. he is a problem I, he is a he's, problem he's really a menace <laughs> now i'm a bo browning fan and he knows it and i'm a stephen browning fan but but so how how does a young man from minnesota i mean i know it's a bass fishing school but how do you wind up there yeah, so two things. Number one, I hate ice fishing. I can't stand it. <laughs> yes. It's a man after uh, my own heart. Yeah. Yeah, and two, I guess, I just wanted to learn southern fishing because I knew if I had any desire to ever fish the Elite Series, you know, I'd, I'd have to be well, you know, versatile and, you know, everything yeah. all over the country. So I knew I had to ex- expand my territories, I guess you could say. So That's smart, man. That's- it's very smart and and you know it's uh i had a luis fernandez who won our most recent mpfl on last week and he's a west coast guy and it's so interesting that that dynamic you know being a purely west coast guy coming east it's not a lot different for you northern anglers it's really not you see that sometimes whenever before bass went to the uh you know the nine uh eq events that you had to qualify for we've seen some northern anglers that are fantastic anglers in their first year on the elites kind of get swallowed up right i mean you've you've yep. seen that a couple times we've also seen some rise to the top like a seth fighter and so many others but it's mm-hmm. it's not always easy even though you guys do have some fantastic largemouth fishing in minnesota oh yeah i feel like that that yeah. might get overlooked oh for sure yeah we have the small fishing is great but not a lot of people talk about our largemouth which I kind of like it that way. We'll, we'll, we'll keep that one under the, <laughs> under the, under the blankets. So listen, mo- most rednecks aren't going to drive that far, dude. Listen, it's from yeah, my no, house right. to some of the amazing lakes in Minnesota that I've been to that I've flown up there and gone with friends. It's like 17 or 18 hours. They're not going to go. Then I got to go yeah. up there for, for, to flip right. up some large mouth, even though they, they, they probably, uh, would if they could, to be honest, because it's so, so great. So you ended up yes. down there and you, and you live with Bo. Well, I apologize again for that. That is uh, now. Do do you and Bo? You you don't fish as a team together, right? 
no we don't not college stuff but we do fish quite a bit just you know around the house and local stuff local little club tournaments but i do not fish college tournaments uh tournaments with him so so and i got this in my notes these opens just ended and bass in the past i know that they had a, a great partnership with dynamic sponsorships i believe they still do in the college deal um will you fish all nine opens next year uh, i've heard both ways i've heard i get all nine and i've heard i only get one division so okay so I, not sure guess, on that yet yeah whatever if you know if i'm allowed to fish all nine if they will pay for it like they have in the past obviously i'm i'm going to do that but we'll see how that shakes out well i know some people from bass that listen to this show hank weldon calling you out and hank if uh you're listening to this let's take care of the guy okay ronnie moore <laughs> uh chris bows let's get let's get this man in the opens Let's get him at low budget live. Let's put the low budget live logo on his boat, but you guys pay for it. All right. Let's do that. <laughs> I'm here for it. Let's do that. And there we go. Uh, there we go. That was a deal. And and now after this airs, I will hear from Hank telling me to shut up, most likely. <laughs> Please stop talking. I'm talking to all you boys down there, all right? In Birmingham. Get your life right and get Easton in the opens. He deserves it. Uh, well, man, I, I got to say, obviously, it's cool to hear that you would take that opportunity and, and think you'd be crazy not to uh, because momentum is such a big deal in the sport, oh, yeah. and you know that. Uh, but I've never got to interview on here, and I and I apologize to all the former champs, and I, and I know several former champs from the first one ever to Andrew Upshaw that, that got to go to Jordan and Matt Lee good friends of mine and uh over the years but i've never got john garrett it's another another good one uh mm -hmm. but what walk us through what it feels like man because i think about me being an old 40 year old and i know people that are 60 and 70 that have fished tournaments their whole lives that have never made the classic that have attempted that it's such a lifelong dream for so many and talk about what it feels like to have that already coming your way in Tulsa next year. Yeah. So I guess going back to our freshman year, my partner, Nick Dumpke and I, we, we kind of set our goal to win team of the year. That was kind of our, our main goal going into college fishing. You know, you want to get to the bracket, but that kind of seemed a little bit far fetched to me at least. So our main goal was team of the year. We, we worked really hard at it. And I guess our junior year of fishing is when we were finally able to achieve that, which was super crazy to me like i didn't even think that you know was in my wheelhouse or in my realm you know but able to do that and then you know we're in the bracket i'm just you know, that was crazy to me i'm fishing against eight anglers for a spot at the bassmaster classic that was completely wild to me and then to win that that's i couldn't even you know wrap my mind around how how special that was and it's just it still hasn't set in yet that I'm able to fish the classic. I don't think it will till I'm out there practicing and, you know, there, uh, just experiencing all those great things. It's just, it's crazy. I, I still can't believe it. And the, and you look up and there's Patrick Walters and Kyle Welcher, you know, some oh, of these yeah. no name guys just running around <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> just at the classic, just no big locals. deal, just some locals, yeah. some local guys, some Christie guy, no big deal. <laughs> No, no big deal. Grand Lake. Have not you uh, have you ever been to Grand before? I have not. 
yeah. never been to Graham before. It's uh, that's a that's a fickle beast there, man. I I think it makes a, a pretty dang good classic venue because of that. It can be it can be fantastic. It can be challenging. I know you've probably done your research there, and and uh, mm-hmm. it, you know it it certainly can go a lot of different ways. And I I think that an advantage you'll certainly have is the weather can really suck in Tulsa that time of year. So being a Northern boy, you certainly are prepared for the fact that if it, you know, uh, we have thunder snow, like you can have, Mm -hmm. there'll be 70 degrees one day and then sleet and snow the next day. I think you'll be, uh, you'll be ready. Yeah. I was, I was thinking about that, looking at some of the past weather at past tournaments there. And I wanted as cold as can possibly get that would, that would be best suit for me, I think. Yeah, that, that being would, a northern boy. Yeah, man, you got that ice in your veins for sure. Being a, a Minnesota <laughs> guy, I was there in the the classic that I believe it was the Cliff Pace Classic, and I was working for TH Marine there in the service yard, and I'll never forget like two days before we were we were working on something on Chris Lane's boat, and it was snowing so hard in the service yard that you could barely see you damn sure couldn't feel your hands at all to work on anything. And I was like, why are we doing this? Why, why is this life? And uh, the only one that was ever worse though, was the green bull classic when everybody's boats like froze to their trailers and they oh, could, yeah. the Casey Ashley classic, like nobody, that one was, it was so unbelievably cold there. It was, it was hard to wrap your mind around. I, I hope they're going a little later in March. I hope they dodge it, but Tulsa is just a wild place weather wise at times. It certainly is. But uh, will you get to pre-fish at all? Will you get to go up before it goes off? I'm not even sure when it goes off limits, to be honest. I believe it goes off limits January 1st. So I'm actually hoping to go to Bo's house around Thanksgiving, and maybe I'll slide over there after that. But we'll see. Okay, yeah. I'm hoping to. Yeah, might Bo take you to some of those little sneak holes in Arkansas, too, that he's got. Those he's been pet, talking about it. Yeah, he's got some pet bass. Make him, he keeps telling me he's going to take me. So does dad. But I've just got to I got to get out there and go at some point. <laughs> That's for sure, man. But, uh, well, maybe you'll get to, to go out there and check it out. And, dude, I just, again, I think for, for a guy like you that, that wants to pursue this, as you said, you're making decisions about your future, which is – you know, I think that's so different than it's so not not necessarily different, but it's cool that bass fishing has become that. Like your life is designed around or or scheduled around, so to speak, bass fishing like other sports. You know, kids that love mm-hmm. baseball and kids that love football, they they dedicate themselves to that and you're no different and and so many of your fellow college anglers are no different in trying to get to that next level. You make the decision to go to Alabama a long ways from home. Uh, for college just to better prepare yourself now you're going to the dang classic you got a chance to be in the opens again hank weldon uh counting on you to make this happen for all nine next year uh but man to have that checked off the bucket list it's got to feel great and and man i just you know obviously i know i know the storyline with you and dude i i don't know um the, the dirty details of all this. And I, and if you're not comfortable talking about it, then obviously you can tell me to shut up. It won't be the first time somebody's <laughs> done that on here. Uh, if you've ever no, listened to low budget, but man, you know, going back to, it was mid August, correct. When you, when you first found out you had a problem. Uh, yeah. Mid to late August, mid to late August. And that, you know, we're talking this, you know, October is when this, this young man wins, the classic bracket, but in mid-August, kind of walk us through the low-lifers listeners. What happened exactly? Yeah, so we were at the Bassmaster National Championship on Pickwick Lake. I believe it was like August 25th or something like that. 
and it was during practice. Um, I, I believe it was after day two of practice. I just we got back to the hotel and I was getting ready for bed and I just had this slight headache and I I get headaches all the time so I'm like whatever I just didn't drink enough today. So I got up the next morning and drank a whole bunch of water trying to get it to go away and it just would not go away and then by nine or ten o'clock that morning it was just some of the worst pain I've ever felt in my life like and I'm trying to graph ledges out there just kind of in so much pain actually passed out a couple times oh my God. and yeah I, one of the times I woke up one of my teammates just happened to be in front of me and he had some ibuprofen for me so I took that and uh I, it made me feel better it made the inflammation in my brain go down and I was able to get through the whole week with ibuprofen so that worked out and then but you had no clue after, though at that tournament that you had inflammation right basically I mean you didn't no, you didn't know what the actual just, issue was I was just thinking it was a migraine. I get migraines all the time, but looking back, I should have known because this was much more extreme than any migraine I've had the pain, pain wise. So, but I was just thinking it was a migraine, uh, ended up going home or not home back to school. I moved into school the week after that tournament and got moved in and the pain was just not getting better. So I went into the local clinic and they just gave me a steroid shot and some took they told me to take benadryl and just go to bed and sleep it off and it should be better by morning and after those shots that afternoon i actually felt really good went out to eat and just you know just lived normal life and then i went to bed and woke up the next morning and it was right back to where it was just terrible pain so two days later it just would not go away so i went to the er and got a ct scan and it they told me i had a mass in my brain and just mm. transferred me by ambulance to uab and then they sent me into uh, emergency surgery soon after. So definitely a wild term of events there. <laughs> so you go from now, listen, not to make light of anything here, obviously Pickwick has given me a headache, right? Multiple times. I grew up there, uh -huh. right? Like it, it has caused me a lot of pain and agony in my life, but to go yep. from dude, you're just like, Oh, I got a headache. You pop some ibuprofen. You finish the event to emergency surgery. I yep. mean, man, like I, I've got, I've got chills listening to you tell that man. I don't, and you're, you're so far from your family. You're down at mm -hmm. college. Uh, your, your family had to be like absolutely terrified. And I'm sure you were not very calm. Uh, you sound like a not cool, calm and collected guy, but in that moment, man, being rushed to UAB, I mean, my goodness. And they, so they immediately went to work. Yeah. I got in there and I got in there at like midnight and at like three in the morning, they sent me in for an MRI. And as soon as I got back for the MRI, they're like, yeah, you're going to surgery right now. Oh my gosh, man. Now, did your family have time to get, I mean, obviously they probably didn't, right? Have time to get down there. They, the doctor at the first hospital called them and told them that I have a mass in my brain and they jumped in the car immediately. Yeah. And they actually got down about two hours after my surgery was done. So oh my that gosh, was, man. that was pretty nice that they were able to come down and, you know, made everything feel better oh my god I, I, man being a being a parent like that is uh that makes me want to throw up just imagining that phone call but yeah, uh yeah. so how long i mean obviously man not not too long but how long was the recovery process i mean they cut you like to go for i was talking about my wife works in healthcare, and i was talking about this exact situation she was asking me who i was having on the show this week and and I was telling her, going to the college bracket, and I was telling her the story, and, and, and I said, it's so amazing to me to think about 
that they can just cut your head open to be just mm-hmm. put it into redneck terms and work on your brain, put you back together. And then, you know what? You're just out there bass fishing again, bud. <laughs> like, I mean, yeah, like it's yeah. so crazy to think about what a medical, honestly, miracle that is uh, in life. But how long was that recovery process like? Uh, I was in the hospital for a week after uh, just resting and make sure my, all my vitals were good. And then I went home to Minnesota for two weeks just because I don't have really a primary doctor here in Alabama and at home, we're really close with a doctor. So I just went home and got care from my doctor at home. And then once I felt better, I was able to come back down to school about two weeks later. So goodness. And how, so that was so late August, that all happens. You had basically a month call it, uh, from the end of surgery to the classic bracket. Yeah. I think I went back down to school September 20th, I believe. And the bracket was on September 28th. So, so was there ever a moment in there that you thought, I mean, obviously I would, I would think that as things are, are progressing there and you're going in for surgery, you think, you know, Hey, I've just, there are more important things to worry about. I've got to, I've got to, I've got to get better. But was there ever a time in your recovery that you thought I've qualified for this incredible event, but Mm -hmm. I'm not going to get to go. Oh yeah. That whole time I was sitting at home in Minnesota, I was just like, man, I've finally made it and I'm not going to be able to do it. Like I was crushed, but luckily about a week before I was, I was like, all right, we can, we can pull this off. I think so. It was. And you've had zero issues since though. No, no pain, no, no headaches, no anything. No. So when I went back to school, actually we had a big bass bash tournament on Kentucky Lake that I did just kind of like a trial run, I guess you could say. Yeah. And I was good until about noon or one o'clock and then tiredness would just hit me. But after that, we had about another week before we left for the bracket and it just got slightly better every day. And once we got to the bracket, I was basically ready to go. So super, super thankful for that. Unbelievable, man. Well, you know, it's uh, it's such a crazy story to hear that. And I and I don't want to I don't want to take anything away from the fact that you're going to the Bassmaster Classic. So you take all that aside. That's incredible. I think the the opportunity that Bass gives you guys to have have that chance that bracket event is very intriguing it's it's so much fun to watch every year there's always a uh i feel like a really cool storyline that comes out of it from the anglers and uh, i know like mm-hmm. lewis minetti last year very cool story uh but man to just be upright period and walking around mm-hmm. and getting to see your family again through a very scary process but to to get to achieve uh, a lifelong dream for so many right mm-hmm. after that, man, I just, I, I, that's, uh, that's overcoming all odds to me, man. That shows you, you're, you're a damn tough kid, buddy. <laughs> I mean, a tough yeah, one. That, I, I, that I'm week a, was I, such a, such a wave of emotions. You know, I'm not, I'm not an emotional person at all, but there was so many emotions I felt that week. It was something I've never experienced before. It was, it was super crazy. Just, that's, all, that's all I can say about it. Yeah, I got to see. I didn't. I didn't get to watch just all of it. Uh, I wasn't just glued to it. I was at an, a work a work event, and but just when I get to pop in, it was uh, it was not an easy event <laughs> for anybody no, that was in it. All. That lake was brutal. Uh, it, yep. it appeared to be. I, I I will give Bass props in this event because they go to some really different fisheries. You know, we saw that last year, saw that again this year going to Kansas. I mean, you know, that's a, mm-hmm. that's certainly uh, out of a lot of anglers' wheelhouse, and that lake was 
it's really hard to describe it almost it, to me it looks like uh it's a highland lake but it kind of looked like mm-hmm. lake tin killer out in oklahoma a little bit to me but then at times in the background it almost looks like oh ivy it was very bizarre <laughs> like it looked like it was in the freaking desert uh with smallmouth like it was very very strange uh fishery did it take you very long to kind of get acclimated there to what the deal was uh yeah so while i was at home i was just pretty much obsessed with looking at the lake on google earth and i showed up to the lake before practice with almost 200 waypoints of stuff i found no way so (laughs) i was just started running some stuff and i ended up finding a pattern really quick within an hour of being there and i was able to further dial it in as the week went on so definitely google earth played a huge role in my success there and once i found that pattern i was able to go back to bed at night just on google earth finding more and more stuff and really felt dialed in by the time the tournament came around so that was that was pretty cool Uh, unbelievable so really your recovery process you were able to do tournament prep at the same time and that that's uh that is that's amazing man that makes the story that much better that that you turned a negative into an absolute positive thing with with google earth and uh you know I, i think a lot is said about college anglers and I know you guys hear it, that it's all electronics based and it's this and it's that, but it's, it's mm-hmm. so, it's, there's so much work that goes into this. And I think I oh, say, yeah. I say it week in and week out on the show to do this for a living or to do it at a high level, like you are obviously getting out of the classic there, you have to be obsessed with it. And I would say yep. if you weren't addicted to bass fishing or you weren't obsessed, you might not you might have just said you know what i'm just not going to go to this bracket event because mm-hmm. life's been kind of yep. crazy but instead you busted your butt did the prep work and and man it's it it's not slowing you down now you you're coming back from a two-day event in arkansas and you said i gotta go right back to class talk about what that's like for anybody listening at home and i know you know the working man as i like to give him a hard time that complained about uh all basses changes last year they're taking the working man out a lot of people are fascinated uh both in a positive light and a negative light with young anglers i feel like and there are more now than ever Mm -hmm. before uh but talk about what it's like trying to get your degree and i know what it's like a little bit because i missed a lot of class to go catch smallmouth on pickwick but uh but i mean to fish these tournaments you guys travel all over the country and then you got to be in class and in my experience in at the university of north alabama because there wasn't a bass team when I would go to my professors and go, hey, I'm going to be at a Bassmaster Open next week. I've got to practice for a BFL. I'm going to be here. I'm going to be there. They gave zero dams. So yeah. uh, what is that like for you, though, and you guys having an actual team? Do they cut you a little bit of a break? Are you – I mean, are they congratulating you on campus with your big win, or or is that just, well, you're just missing my class and it is what it is? Yeah, so with our team, we have an advisor that works really closely with our team, which we're all oh, super thankful cool. for. Yeah. And then with along with that, you know, our professors are kind of forced to in a way to <laughs> like work that. with us, I guess. Yeah, I say. like that. But no, they're all they're all super super willing to work with us as long as we you know, we we don't waste their time on our end, I guess. But Yeah. I have a lot of people ask me all the time, just how do you do it? And I guess the answer is we really don't sleep when we're on the road. It's, you know, we're on the water dark to dark. And then after that, you got at times up to two, sometimes three hours of homework after that. So 
we really don't sleep when we're on the road. It's, it's a grind for sure. It's, it's five hour energies, <laughs> five hour energies and Red Bulls and, and, uh, and, and running on 20 year old fumes, man. And I, yep. I, I get it because it's, uh, that it's so stressful. Cause I, I remember I started fishing the opens uh, fish the, when I was 19 and I would be so absolutely mentally and physically exhausted practicing competing. Mm-hmm. You would be however far from home. Obviously I had a couple, uh, that were close to home, you know, but being in Southern Tennessee, North Alabama, we had Pickwick would pop up on the schedule from time to time, uh, and whatnot. But you know, I can remember going to Okeechobee and then having to turn around and drive 12 hours back because I had to be in class Monday because I had a, an, an uh, economics professor that was a piece of garbage that hated me, oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, but I mean, really, and they were like, and I, I remember then I would go, uh, and, and I laugh thinking about it now because bass fishing is so much bigger at the university level than it was then. But I actually made a, uh, a, a <laughs> this is, this is going to tell my age, but I made like a binder <laughs> and like, I went and printed like Bassmaster magazine articles that I had been featured in and, and, uh, website stuff, you know, just like, Hey, look, this is what I'm doing. And this is who mm-hmm. I am. And then I gave them examples of like how big professional fishing was and ESPN owned bass at the time. So I gave them all these stats and this many people watch and blah, 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 blah. And I would go and present it to my professors at the first of every semester and go, okay, well these, you know, these weeks right here, I'm probably not going to be here. And, you know, and what can we do? And, and I would have some that really worked with me. And then I had a few that uh, I actually had a statistics uh, teacher, shout out to Dr. Williams at UNA. I, don't, I think he got fired uh, <laughs> not long after this, to be honest, but he, he would not give me makeups. He said, that's fine. That's cool. You're doing that. Good for you. But I'm here to teach. And if you miss one of my exams, you can't make it up. And I'm like, no way, no how. Nope, absolutely not. And my final, I'll never forget, I missed two of his four exams he gave three and then the final and my final was like 50 percent of my grade and i bombed <laughs> because once he told me that i got pissed and i just quit going to class all the way around because uh fish were biting so no, any kids listening out there easton don't listen to me you're obviously a more successful college angler than i was but that being said i just quit going and i bombed his class but uh but the, the one of the coolest things though this was this was amazing. I got to know uh, the dean loved bass fishing. Of all of you and A, the dean loved bass fishing. And I met him one day, I swear, at a boat ramp on Wilson Lake. And he's and we're talking and I'm a student at UNA, sees the sticker, the decal on my truck. And I had a guy giving me a hard time, and I'm not gonna say that I got him uh he had a little talking to from the dean. <laughs> but it happened buddy but it happened shout out shout out doctor i won't even say his name oh man but so it's good to hear that they the advisor and that they're working with you man it's just a different time and i'm so pumped for all you young guys getting to do it because it was all i thought about from the time i woke up to the time i went to bed all i ever wanted to do and i love that these tournament trails have the you know the level for you guys to get in there and compete and and dude it's not easy, right? I mean, there there are no. a lot of stone cold killers that fish at that collegiate level. Yeah, I would say, yeah, the, the collegiate level is definitely, I guess, I don't know what the word is, but the competition is insanely stout. You know, there's so many kids just like me that are 100% driven to, 
to compete and have success. So there's a lot of kids out there that are working extremely hard to be successful. And it's, it's definitely super competitive for sure. Well, and we're seeing it too in the industry. You don't just have to be a bass pro. A lot of, a lot of college tournament vets, they, they graduate and they get jobs in the industry. Mm-hmm. We're seeing that they're placed all over the place in the, within the industry, different companies. It's great to see. We're seeing them compete at the elite series level over at BPT. You're seeing this start to happen more and more. I think about guys like a Justin Atkins and Shane LaHue and, uh, Brandon Cobbs of the world, they're, they're Jake Whitakers. There's so many, and I'm leaving some out, and they'll get mad at me if they listen. But uh, there were there were just so many. Patrick Walters was maybe the most dominant college angler ever uh, mm-hmm. on his runs. Just absolutely crazy numbers. These and they and then when they roll into the Elite Series, they compete. I mean, they absolutely yep. show up and show out. It's it's so crazy. I mean, I, when I met Justin Atkins his first year on the FLW tour, he won the freaking cup. I mean, he came in, he's like, oh, I just left college and now I'm here and now I'm winning. I mean, it was just Wild. so so nuts, but that competition is so stout in those events. You you guys fishing for team of the year and all this, is it like, because I'm, a, I'm an SEC sports nut, go Big Orange, mm-hmm. love me some Tennessee football, <laughs> super competitive, but do y'all like trash talk each other from other schools? Like, do you see somebody from Bethel and you're like, your boat's I, stupid. I mean, not, you guys, come on. There's none of that. Come on. Bo Browning does I mean, some of that, right? Come on. Bo does it. <laughs> <laughs> Bo does a little bit. <laughs> but there's definitely some rivalries. Yeah. I would say there's not – fishing's hard to trash talk because, you know, there's a lot of things that you that's can't true. control. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So I, I, I think if you're trash talking and fishing, you're just dumb because <laughs> it's not like basketball. We're, I love it. We're 100% – you're hundred percent like in control of everything. Yeah, so. that's true. That's true. You never know but what could happen. That's you kind of my take on it. Yeah. Yeah. I just didn't know if that went on because you got a lot of, as my dad would always say, piss and vinegar. When you're in your twenties, you got <laughs> the testosterone flowing, you roll up and you're like, damn, there's an Auburn guy. I freaking war Eagle my, my ass. I, I can't stand this. I, I just want to know, you know, do y'all, cause I mean, that's how Tennessee and Alabama fan. I mean, they're going to fist fight. You know, the schools yep. get out there and get rowdy. But I like your take on that, Easton, that, that you're like, you can't control all the variables, so I'm just not going to run my mouth. It's probably a yeah. wise choice. <laughs> yeah, that's that's my take. But, you know, there's definitely rivalries. Us, Auburn, is definitely, that's definitely our biggest rivalry. And, you know, they have tons of great anglers just like we do. And I would say they're our biggest competitors, and we respect all of their anglers. But there's there's definitely a, sometimes a grudge, I would say. There's, yeah, there's not we, really trash talking, but – but you, you get what I mean. But you like to get over the hump, like right? I mean, if you you guys all yeah. finish ahead of them in a tournament, you're like, heck yeah, you're fist pumping a little bit uh, yeah, over right. that for sure. I get, I totally get it. Uh, and it's you know Auburn certainly you know perennial uh, favorites in college fishing. Yep. It feels like with all the folks they've sent to the classic, you got Bethel in the mix there as well, and Montevallo just really in the last few years, I, I feel like I see that name everywhere. I mean, it is, uh, it's awesome to see. Yeah, it's, there's definitely a couple of different teams that just pretty much run the show these days. And just some of the anglers that they're pumping out, it's incredible. Like the latest John Garrett just made the Elite Series from Bethel, watching yep. him in college when I was in high school. Is, he's definitely one of my idols in the college scene and how he's kind of just climbed the ranks. And it's definitely super cool to see. No doubt about it. I actually text Johnny today. I, I got to know him fishing the opens around him and, and after he made that classic that time. And, Man, he puts in the work, and I think that uh, I said actually before I had you on the phone, I was talking about all the elite qualifiers, the EQs, 
Mm-hmm. He they're they're all ready. I feel like obviously, you know, that nine yep. event season it and, and most of them officially opens for a while and they've had their teeth kicked in and they've had some success. And this year to be in the top five though in those points, like a JT Tompkins, like a John Garrett, Trey McKinney, it's not easy, man. It's no. just not easy. And I think they're ready. I saw, I, yeah, I saw a stat. Today, I think that JT had like six top 20s. Yeah, I said I, I said that a little early. I thought it was six or seven, something like that, top 20s. Absolutely. Like, just I can't wrap my mind wild. around that. I can't wrap my mind around that. That's uh, a different kind of momentum there. It, it really is. And, and JT, he's been after it for, you know, two or three years now. Really hard. I don't think he sleeps. I don't think he goes home. That's, he just kind of sleeps in his basketball. He is always on the water. Yeah, like every day. Yep, it's, he definitely goes to work in for sure. And he's got a great support system with his family, and he's able to do it. And uh, it's it's great to see because obviously, if we don't have anglers like yourself and like a JT Tompkins and Trey McKinney's and John Garrett's, you know, the sport doesn't keep growing, right? We need, yep. you know, you got really old people like Gerald Swindle, like he's old as dirt, right? Like he's <laughs> so old and uh, uh, he's like the granddad, basically the elite series now. And you got guys like him. So we got to have, it's got to be a balance. He said, it's got to be a balance. So <laughs> it's good to see it's refreshing. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. You don't have to worry, but you can laugh at that. You don't have to worry about him here and that. He's he doesn't listen to his friends Luke's podcast, anyways. Uh, but it's it's really it's really it is good to see. Uh, and and really, when I think about it deep down, it's hard to imagine that it's as big as it is now at the college and high school ranks. How how did it go for you, high school wise? Did you was Minnesota high school fishing as big as it is down south? Because I mean, they have ridiculous numbers of boats and Alabama high school events, I feel like, and Tennessee and, you know, Arkansas, Texas. Uh, is Minnesota, they got a pretty good high school uh, contingency going now? Yeah, I would say our freshman year in high school is when things really got kicked off. So they started a trail called the SATT, Student Angler Tournament Trail, which was about 200 to 250 boats. So I definitely got my taste of big-time tournaments okay. when I was in That's high awesome. school. So. But, yeah, it's definitely in college is when – I really got started getting my teeth kicked in and when I really started learning a lot on these Southern lakes and it was, it was definitely an eye-opening experience for the, I would say my freshman and part of my sophomore year before I really started uh, getting confidence, I guess you could say on the, on the Southern fisheries. What would you say is the biggest difference between a Northern fishery and a Southern fishery right there around the Birmingham area? Uh, I would say shad, honestly, we don't have okay. shad in Minnesota. And I think, I think that really changes things. And also in Minnesota, it's, I would say a lot more spot orientated. Like you can have one school and just go there and they fire and you win the tournament. And I would say Southern fisheries, most of the time, it's a pattern that you're running all over the lake. Interesting. I would say that's the biggest difference. Okay. And also 500 boats on like a Tuesday. <laughs> right. Yeah, I mean, you go to Lay Lake and Beeswax on a Wednesday is packed to the brim. Yeah, I was going to say, a little different. I believe that when I first got down here. Yeah, yeah, a little different on uh, the Coosa River. Those boys like to beat the brakes off the bass on a daily basis yeah. down there. When I first got down here, I'm just like, how is a bass living here? And sure enough, I start fishing around, I catch one, and I'm just like, gosh, how many baits has this dude seen today? No doubt. And it's it's really a testament, though, and I always say this, and people laugh at me, but I think it's a testament to how great the fisheries actually are and how healthy they oh, are yeah. because they take a beating and they keep 
kicking them out. My my little brother today has been texting me while I've been working around the house. Shame on him, but he's been on Wilson Lake and Wilson's 35 minutes from my house, home lake, but 15, 16 miles dam to dam. It gets an, um, I mean, it, and I'm, I'm sure you've been on it, but the, the amount of pressure it gets is just ungodly. Like it's ridiculous. And he's just mm-hmm. sending me pictures of uh, five and six pound smallmouth today. He had like the day of his life. And I'm like, and it's below the dam where a million other people have fished this week. And I'm like, how do you even get a bite? And we've done it our whole life. Like, I mean, I get it. I know how it happens at times. You have these special, special moments, but it's like this fit, like they know the serial number on my trolling motor prop <laughs> at this point, you know, it's, it's incredible. But, uh, but that that's interesting though, going back to your, your statement about the shad, that's something I don't guess I've ever really thought about that. That is yeah, a, that's a major difference. Yeah. Like we fish, Look, I'm not too far from lacrosse. I'm about five hours north of lacrosse. I'm sorry. I struggle there. <laughs> I'm but, sorry. No, I hate lacrosse. But I've come to the conclusion that I just didn't know how to fish shad lakes now. And I haven't fished a tournament out there since being down south. And I'm really, really excited to go back there here, hopefully soon. And just see if my southern fishing knowledge will help there, which I think it will. So yeah, I'm really I'm excited sure. to go back there. Well, and and having that river experience now that you do on the Coosa yep. River. I mean, exactly. the, the Mississippi is certainly a different animal up there. But, you know, current fish are current fish. I feel like, you know, most places yep. in the country. My river experience helped me absolutely none the time I went there. <laughs> uh, as <laughs> evidenced by my 100 and whatever place finish that I had at lacrosse and tore up everything I had twice that week. Uh, and uh, in an FLW Tour event back there that you guys listening don't have to look up i'll just tell you it sucked you don't have to look up any details on that i forget who even won it because i don't care i don't like it. whoever figured it out that week because it was super sketchy i've never been stuck that much in my life anywhere oh yeah and i and i don't mind getting stuck i I fish in the dirt so i have an express now in life but i spent i had a ranger at the time and i spent more time in my boxers in the water trying to move that big sucker off of sandbars all week i'm like screaming to the heavens like why do people bass fish here why the entire week dude it was so bad everything oh, about I've it was there. and and they and dude it's loaded it's got them but oh yeah oh my gosh i've never been and mentally you know that how that goes when you have equipment issues either uh mm-hmm you know, self-inflicted or not, it can really mentally take a toll on you. And I, man, I spent a long week up there. We had terrible weather, uh, but and hats off to the guys that figured it out that week. But I mean, I can remember just idling, like I've still got another mile to go before I found like a half a foot of water, but I'm just chewing props. <laughs> up. Like, it was just so, it was such a crazy yeah. week. Um, now that's why I always say before somebody comments and says, how could you hate lacrosse? Uh, that's why I say I hate lacrosse. I actually don't. It's a lovely town. You have a great area. Don't send me bad comments. Don't send stuff to my house. Um, all you lacrosse lacrosseians, I don't know what they are, but, uh, so you're not far from there. What's your home lake in Minnesota? No. Uh, my home lake that people would know, I guess is Mille Lacs. Okay. I'm an hour north of Mille Lacs. So. Oh, you, you I, are I, up I live, there then. You're up there. Oh yeah. I live uh, a little bit east of Leech Lake, which is on the open schedule this year. So, yeah, yeah, I may or may not have yeah. know a little bit about Leech Lake from a couple of experiences oh, yeah. I've had up there. That's uh, that's God's country, my friend. That is, oh, uh, yeah. that is something up there. So, yeah, you are you are definitely up there. Uh, and now yeah. down there on the Coosa River, 
doing it to it and you're going to the freaking Bassmaster Classic. And look, dude, I mean, no big deal, but you're on LBL. So I don't know. <laughs> You've probably done every podcast under the sun this week, I'm assuming. I've been traveling for work. I don't know. Uh, but I really, dude, I appreciate you taking the time to uh to tell us your story, to to let the listeners get to know you better because I I believe anybody that can go through what you've gone through, persevere, and then punch their ticket to the Bassmaster Classic. We're going to be hearing from you for a very, very long time. You're a talented young man, and uh, I appreciate you giving us the time. Well, thanks a lot, man. It means a lot, and thanks for having me on. Absolutely, man. You guys be safe going back to Montevallo and uh, hope to cross paths sooner than later. Will do, man. Sounds Absolutely. good. Absolutely. Thank you, thanks man. Thanks again. Easton Fothergill right there, just doing it. You know, I think that might be the one, maybe the first college angler I've ever had on LBL, and, and I apologize to all the college anglers for that being the case. It's uh, it's not done intentionally, but amazing story, man. I still i got i got chills. It's uh, as I said there, it's hard to imagine as a father that phone call, right? And all you parents listening were probably in the same space I was in as he was telling that story. And I've not heard the story. I've read, you know, a couple couple articles and things, but uh wow, wow, what uh what an impressive young man. And he's going to the freaking Bassmaster Classic, and maybe we'll get to have him on some low budget live, 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 live at the Classic in Tulsa. It's gonna be a big event. It's gonna be a good time. We're working on venues right now as we speak. Thank y'all so much for listening. I hope y'all enjoyed that. I hope you uh, you know, tell your friends and neighbors. Low budget live. Appreciate each and every low lifer every single week. Going to take you out with some Biloxi Blues. Keep an eye out for some craziness. Craziness this week, apparently. That's the word on the street from the MLFers. We'll see. Take you out with Biloxi Blues, and I'll see y'all next week. See you. Couldn't make it last. Spanish moss, a Civil War ghost. Well, I'm going to leave them in the past. Direction, Lord, I'll be fine. It don't matter east or west, north, south, wherever the wind blows. I'm leaving those burdens in rest. This highway it does not know my name, and I don't care. No, I don't care. Heading my way for another place. Just a white line gypsy getting out of Mississippi with just enough gas to get there. Brave anglers search for the one they call king, but who will take his throne? Tune in to Waypoint TV's Battle for Silver, Saturday, May 18th from 12 to 6 p.m. Eastern. Presented by Abyss Battery, Waypoint TV. A life that has the stories to back it. A life to be proud of. It's a Winchester life. Yeah, baby, 6-8 Western. I'll be over there, baby, right there. Tune in every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV.